Hello you filthy animals. Welcome to the first episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward, brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Rumination Radio Network. I am your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray, and as this is as new to you as it is to me, I suppose I should give you a rundown of what this show is all about. Each week I'll take a look at the world of music and pick a few stories that have caught my eye as well as shell stories of my rather strange existence, hopefully in a funny and entertaining way. Usually, most of these tales will be from the world of rock and metal, due to my lifelong love of these genres. But as I've never been one to tie myself down to just one form of music, you can expect stories from across the entire spectrum if something takes my fancy. Except for pop music. I hate that crap, and have about as much interest in it as Kanye does in saving his marriage. But Neil, you devilishly handsome and virile young man, I hear you ask, what makes you such an authority that you feel the need to pollute the airwaves with your nonsense every seven days? To which I could reply, it's the internet. Everyone and their dead grandma has an opinion, but instead, I'll give you a little background on what made me the old metal bar steward you're listening to today. I had somewhat of a head start on my education in pounding drums, wailing guitars and screaming vocals about wizards and vikings. This was due to my asshole stepdad, who didn't just bring misery into my life when he moved in with my mum, but he also brought his fantastic record collection. Now I was a mistake. Born out of wedlock due to either a one night stand or a torrid affair, depending on who in my asshole family was telling the story. And though these days there is no stigma attached to being the illegitimate child, because at least everyone knows one person who has three kids by three different daddies, I was born in 1972 when that sort of thing was hugely frowned upon. As you can imagine, there wasn't exactly a line of princes around the block knocking on my mum's door, promising her the world if she would grant them just one kiss. And in fact, before the asshole showed up on the scene, my old cheese had only been serious about one other guy. I was far too young to remember him, I must have been about three, maybe four, but by all accounts he was a sweetheart. My nan used to speak of him in nothing but glowing terms, about how much he loved my old dear and how much he loved me, and considering how tough as nails my nan was, That was pretty high praise. Sadly, it didn't work out. He fell into smack pretty hard, and my mum gave him an ultimatum. Clean up your act or fuck off. He chose to fuck off. So when the asshole came into her life, my mum grabbed a hold of him and point-blank refused to let go. This proved to not be the best tactic she could have employed, especially when he started slapping her about whenever they were drunk, which was every night. But credit where it's due, she was in it for the duration, until death they would part and all that, and no matter how many times she threatened to leave, or how much I begged her to get out of Dodge while she could still walk, she stuck it out. Even at the sacrifice of losing her eldest son, me, when he found himself unceremoniously kicked out of the house as soon as he turned 16. But that's another story for another time. As I said, my stepdad was an asshole, but his music collection almost made up for the years of neglect and abuse I had to suffer before I found my own freedom. It was a thing of beauty. It introduced me to the likes of Sabbath, Zeppelin, Deep Purple, as well as the more out-there elements such as the MC5 and Frank Zappa. And music was an important part of my day-to-day life as it was always on. Whether it was my mum playing the radio or the asshole spinning his long players, even to this day, I can remember exactly what I was doing when I first heard a song by a specific group. Even at such a young age, I knew this was going to be my escape. On the weekends, I'd go and spend time with my cousin Andrew, who was my best friend, until a few years later when he also turned into an epic asshole who took great pleasure in beating the shit out of me at every opportunity. Must be something in my family's blood, I think. And we spend all of our time sitting in his room listening to this little band called ACDC. Whereas Sabbath, Zeppelin, and all were my fledgling steps into the world of rock and metal, 
ACDC was the first band I became obsessed with. This was down to the fact that one day, out of the blue, my cousin showed up on my doorstep and gave me all the albums that he had to date. I was 10 years old at the time, so my newfound collection consisted of all six Bon Scott records that had been released in the UK, as well as Back in Black and For Those About to Rock. He never explained why he did this. Perhaps he thought For Those About to Rock lacked a certain oomph, or perhaps he'd been brainwashed by the likes of Buck's Fizz and wanted to try his luck in a hoorah skirt. But for whatever reason, he turned his back on the Young Brothers, and I'm glad he did, as it gave me a solid base on which to build my fledgling character. Over the decades, I've fallen in love with a million different bands and artists, and each one has a story attached to them. Some sad, some funny, some downright tragic. And as the series grows and progresses, I'll probably end up sharing most of them with you down the line. Hell, if you're good boys and girls, I'll even give you a step-by-step guide on how not to make it as a rock musician as I've been in enough bands and fucked up enough times to write a goddamn encyclopedia on the subject. I've also been asked on more than one occasion why metal, and it's always struck me as a strange question. The obvious answer is, why not? Followed by a swift raising of the middle finger in the offending idiot's face, but as I've grown older, I've actually given it some thought. I think the main reason, outside of brilliant songs to which one can bang one's head to most viciously, is that That community has always struck me as far more accessible than any other I could have joined at that point. Now, admittedly, I was far too young for the likes of punk, new wave, and the new romantic movements. And in all honesty, outside of The Damned and Adam and the Ants, two groups who I still love to this day, the music from that era is grade A gash. And when I was old enough to look around at other scenes that were happening in the UK, the biggest one was goth. And that was just full of mopey bastards who couldn't play for shite and dress like knockoff versions of Bella Lugosi. But with metal, you didn't get any of the pretentious bollocks that you got with the other movements. All you needed was long hair, a denim jacket, some jeans and a band t-shirt, and away you went. That's not to say that everyone within the fandom would accept you, but by and large, if you were a metalhead, then other metalheads would quite happily spend time in your presence. It was and still is a very working class ideal. The likes of the aforementioned new romantics and goths were all very clicky and you needed to have at least a middle class family behind you to be able to afford to pay for the ridiculously priced clothes you were going to have to wear to be accepted. But with metal, you could just go to your nearest charity shop, pick up a load of second-hand clobber for sod all money and not have to worry about being judged by your fellow fans. And on the whole, I just like metalheads better. I can remember going to concerts for the first time and meeting a whole bunch of new people and hitting it off with them then thinking when the show's ended, will that be the end of that? But when the bands came rolling around the next time, especially the mighty Motorhead, I would show up again to be greeted by the same faces and we'd pick up from where we left off. As time moved on and we all got older, the same faces would start bringing new faces with them, whether it was their life partners or their children or eventually their grandchildren. Yes, I have been around a long time, thank you. The whole community, it just grew before my eyes, and it wasn't long before I realised that the reason that metal is beloved and worshipped by so many around the world is that it's just one giant family. A giant family you can mosh with. That's not to say that heavy music is the only kind that I listen to. I've never been so narrow-minded that I believe that only one style could fulfil my every need, so with age I've come to love rap, soul, funk, blues, classical, country. You name it, and I've got it on a Spotify list somewhere. In fact... One of the five tattoos that I have etched on my skin is of Gil Scott Heron, one of the most influential musicians in my world, and one of the great poets I've always aspired to. It's just that no matter where else my musical journey has taken me, I've always wandered back to the devil's tunes in the end. After all, if I am going to go to hell for my choice of life soundtrack, I should at least be well versed in old Nick's favourite bands, don't you think?
So there you have it, a little insight into what makes the old metal bar steward tick. At least this way, you can't say you didn't know what you were getting yourself into if you decide to come back next week. And on that front, before I wrap this up, I'd like to talk about a couple of things that have caught my attention of late. Let's start with the new Alice Cooper album, Detroit Stories. Alice was one of the first artists that caught my eye when I was rifling through my asshole stepdad's record collection. It was the cover for Love It To Death, and it drew me like a moth to a very metal flame. Here were five guys looking like death dragged through a hedge backwards while caught in a spotlight that could have either been from a stage or from a police helicopter. And that was more than enough to convince me to borrow it as soon as I could. When I did manage to smuggle it up to my room, the music that fell out of my tiny little speakers made me a convert for life. I've been a Cooper freak ever since. Through the perfection of the band's early work, through his glory period of solo records, I even stuck around and defended him when he did Poison and Beyond, while everybody else was screaming Salah at the top of their lungs, though, in fairness, that might have been a huge mistake on my part, as not a lot of that material has aged very well. But, in my opinion, it wasn't until Alice teamed up with the incredibly talented Nita Strauss in 2014 that he produced anything that could come even close to his 70s heyday. Paranormal is one of the most underrated albums released by anyone, ever, and should be considered whenever there's a conversation on just what Alice Cooper's best work is. And if we're having that conversation, where does Detroit Stories rank? Is it worth your time? The short answer is yes, yes it is. It is, in fact, a brilliant album, with a former master of shock rock tinging up with a virtual who's who of Motor City legends to release a love letter to his beloved hometown. There honestly isn't a bad track on the album. For the quirky madness of our love will change the world, through the old school Cooper of social debris, where the remaining members of the original band reunite to lay down some 70s groove, Detroit Stories is just a great rock and roll record with some excellent barn burners. The two that are getting the most play in the Bar Stewards pub at the moment are Go Man Go and Sister Anne, but that's because the former features the legendary Wayne Kramer, and the latter is a cover of the classic MC5 track, and I am nothing if not a bitch for the MC5. One of the best things that's come out of this record is seeing Alice get back together with his old cohorts. I always thought that as a band of musicians, they never truly got the credit they deserved. After all, no one seems to mention Neil Smith in the same breath as John Bonham or Keith Moon, which is insane as he was easily their equal behind the kit. So my advice is to get Detroit stories wherever and whenever you can and take a walk with Alice Cooper through the city that inspired him to such blockbuster heights. It might be a dirty, sleazy kind of town, but it sure as hell isn't without its charms. And finally, the mighty Motorhead are back. I fucking love Motorhead. If I had to pick any single band to take with me to a desert island above all others, then it would be Lemmy, Phil and Mickey every day of the week. So you can imagine my utter delight when I woke up about a fortnight ago to find a press release in my email informing me that Louder Than Noise was coming our way on April the 23rd. What made it even better is that it's live, taken from a concert recorded in Germany in 2012, and would I care to take a listen to the lead single over the top? I was salivating so much I made my morning toast go soggy. So wasting no time, I hit play, and the sheer verocity that blared out of my speakers nearly peeled my face off and had my neighbours pounding on the wall within 15 seconds. Guess that'll teach me to be more considerate of 5 a.m. Knowing me, probably not. Now, if you never saw Motorhead live, there's an argument that you never truly had the full Motorhead experience, and with the passing of Lemmy in 2015, it seemed that for some that would always be the case. But now, louder than noise is on its way, and it will be the closest you ever get to hearing and seeing these three legendary musicians share the same stage ever again, which makes me both tremendously happy and extremely sad at the same time. 
There will never be another Motorhead. There will never be another Lemmy. And I miss them both tremendously. Anyway, I'd like to thank you for listening to the first ever episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward, brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. And don't forget to go check out the 25 Years Later site, as well as its sister sites, Horror Obsessive and Sports Obsessive, for all your horror and sporting needs. Also, head on over to the Rumination Radio Network and listen to some of the most entertaining podcasts you can fill your ears up with. And I'm not just saying that because they're giving me airtime. They truly are cracking folks who have a hell of a bright future in this business. So get in on the ground floor, I say. Then, when they do eventually take over the podcasting world, you can at least say, yeah, well, I was listening to them before they were cool. As for me, I've been your old metal bar steward, Neil Gray, and I'll be back here next week with more stories, tales, opinions, and reviews from the world of music. Until then, stay safe and stay metal, you filthy animals. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.